All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Yeah. Another Wednesday finds us on the show show podcast with Sweets and Slaney. Hello, Sweets. Hi, world. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Good. See the scotch glass I bought? Oh, you bought that specifically? Like, Isn't that great? S- solo? Yeah, feel the weight. Oh, yes, I bought, I bought it solo because my aunt gave me and Becky a $50 winner's card. Oh, nice. For that's ta- for that's taking, nice. For taking the domestic plunge. That's a really heavy, I know. heavy glass. And so we used it to get some wine glasses and then there was a little left over. So I got this lovely rocks glass. Awesome. Yeah. Have you... Uh, so now I can ignore my kids. <laughs> do you Do you drink more <laughs> because of this glass now? Uh, no, we've been drinking a lot of wine because we made wine. Mm. And that's not as classy. How many shipments... Or how many like bottles did you make? Uh, well, we made we made a batch with my brother and his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Gee, I wish I can remember how many bottles we made. I guess, I guess like thirty. Yeah. Okay. So or that's maybe like the... maybe more. Sure. So a full load. Yeah, plenty of wine. Okay. So what kind of wine did you make? It's Cab Sauv. Oh, nice. It's just like very. Uh, it's very mild and yeah. and tasteful. Cool. Yeah. It's the kind of wine I usually drink. Yeah. Cab Sauvs. Did you, did you start drinking wine with red wine, or did you start with white wine? I started with red. Oh, interesting, because I, I think initially I found wine more palatable just because it tastes more like juice than red wine. Right. And then I wanted to like red wine, so I, I, I forced myself to like it, which wasn't that hard. I think, I think And it's, now I can't go back. I think it was probably the same way for me. Like I remember drinking it in university at a point where I was like at my parents' house, oh, yeah. and I was like, you know what? It's alcohol. So I'm just going to like, you know, I'd be like writing a paper or something and just have a couple of glasses and be like, okay, I'm starting to kind of develop a taste for it. Yeah. I'm okay with it now. And there is definitely a time for everybody where it doesn't matter how horrible it is. Mm-hmm. You're just happy that it's alcohol. That's right. I can recall yeah. such a time. Mm-hmm. This is really what keeps like Captain Morgan in business. I mean, Captain Morgan has some good rums also, but like the really like plasticky bottle, yeah, Captain Morgan stuff. Sure. I mean, all the do you think of any alcohol? They're in business because it's doing a job. Although the, the <laughs> higher class alcohols, it's like, oh no, that's like a treat. Yes. But the rest of the alcohols is like, okay, this makes me feel less pain in my life. I was reading today about this cafe in New York that's their thing is how expensive their coffee is. So they have this special way of, of making coffee with something called a rare Colombian whoosh whoosh bean. Okay. Uh, and they use this uh, Taiwanese made glass dripper. Right. It takes 10 minutes to make two cups of coffee and it's $48. You have to get two at a time. So you have to like go on a coffee date with somebody. Right. And it's $48 for the experience. Right. And they make it at your table. And I thought like that is preposterous, but it's not so expensive that I wouldn't be game once. Right. Maybe. You would and check like, it out? Okay. And not just any day, but like if you really like coffee, it's no different than spending uh, $50 on a couple of really great glasses of scotch or, or whatever it means like people spend 200 300 on a bottle of, of booze it's perfectly it's at that threshold where if you ever did it you wouldn't be like oh man i wish i had that 48 dollars back you <laughs> exactly know, you're like uh whatever it was that one time i wanted to taste what that 48 dollar 
And there is a chance you'll be disappointed where you're like, oh, that doesn't really taste that much better than an ordinary Americano. But right. chances are, psychologically, you're inclined to like it. Yeah. So you're, you're probably going to be more open to it being mm-hmm. like, oh, this is, a, this is the best coffee ever. Well, and people are going specifically because it's the $50 coffee place. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, you want to kind of, you're curious about it, if nothing else. I'm curious about it. Yeah. I, w- I wish we had such an opportunity here. We could try to start one. <laughs> what we need to do is go to Colombia mm-hmm. and get some rare whoosh whoosh beans. The whoosh whoosh. And then we got to go to Taiwan and have them make a glass dripper for us. Mm-hmm. And then we have to buy a cafe space mm-hmm. and advertise our new cafe, <laughs> okay. which would be called Show Show Cafe. <laughs> uh, what about whoosh it real good? Oh, I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Wish it were so. Ah. All right. As you wish. <laughs> now now you really got my attention. Yeah, yeah I peaked You really struck the fancy of the Princess Bride fan. Yeah, uh, I knew my audience. Hey, I uh, I watched Patton Oswalt's new special. Oh, yeah, okay. You were, uh, were you telling me about this? I don't think so. Someone was telling me about it. It was really yeah. good. That's that's awesome. I heard it was very, like, Tig Nataro-esque where he talks about, you know, losing his wife, and it's kind of, like, somber for 10 minutes. Yeah, that's probably the best way to describe it. Like, it's very yeah. funny and uproarious, and, like, before you know it, he's back into his closer, which is about hardcore porn, and he's saying all the most disgusting things. Right. Um, but, yeah, there's at least 10, if not 15 or 20 minutes where... Where he's very beautifully telling the story of this tragic uh, death that his that he, his wife died. Um, it's really more a story about his daughter and how he's had to cope with being a single father. Yeah, sure. But there are some laughs in throughout it. It's mm-hmm. it's not unlike Neil Brennan's special where right. you don't even realize you haven't laughed in a while because it's so captivating. Right. I found that kind of kind of dark, kind of bleak. I mean, it was just like you know the the Brennan special intense emotions. Yeah. I liked it. I was a fan. I really enjoyed watching it, but I don't know if I'd watch it again. No, I've, and I haven't, and it's right. been out for like a year probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I would say, where like there's other specials that I would watch to laugh again. Yeah. But I don't know that I would watch that well, again. Well, the difference so is, that, is that the Dark Spots and Neil Brennan special, Three Mics it's called, and I do recommend it, um, is that he's talking about his depression and his internal struggles. Mm-hmm. Whereas Patton Oswald had this very public, horrible thing happen right. that a lot of people haven't experienced. Certainly right. a lot of like youthful comedy fans haven't had their wife die suddenly. Totally. Um, but you can imagine how horrific it would be. And, and how, it would be, it would be so weird if he put it a special and didn't address it. Right. Yeah, true. And, and didn't he gain a girlfriend over the last like couple months or a something? Fiance. A fiance. Yep. He uh, does he talk about that? No, that hasn't come up. I'm not sure that had quite developed by the time he shot the special. Right. Uh, but yeah, he took a little bit of heat when it came out that Patton Oswalt was was uh, engaged again. People saying that, oh, it's too soon. Right. And, and, and first it, of all, that's none of your damn business. Sure. Um, if he's found a way to be happy, totally. then of course he deserves that. And his daughter's only like nine or ten years old, and she yeah. deserves a mother figure. Totally. So who? she's an actor or something too, wasn't she? Perhaps. I don't know. I don't know. His, his wife, his late wife, wife was a, a crime novelist. Oh wow! That came up in the in the special. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's called Annihilation, I think. Okay. I, I would recommend. It's and on she, Netflix. She had a heart attack or a stroke. Or yes. Yeah, I don't know specifically what it is. He doesn't go into the details okay. of her death. It's really more about his daughter. But yeah, she just didn't wake up one day. Is right. My understanding. Oh, okay. Can you my imagine? God. Right. Yeah, that's awful. And speaking of awful. Uh, if I were to ask you, and you might know this already because it was all over Reddit yesterday, if I were to ask you to guess what famous director slash producer 
is behind the helm of the new live action Dora the Explorer movie that was just yeah I do know I do know you do know yes you do know it's Michael Bay Michael Bay explosion-y seven Pearl Harbor Armageddon Transformers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Michael Bay yeah 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 Dora the Explorer so how is that gonna well Nick Stoller is gonna direct it and so Nick Stoller uh best known for forgetting sarah marshall and also the muppet movie so he's done like, oh, wow. a lot of like jason siegel stuff but he sure. has done family oriented things before mm-hmm. um so maybe that's a and good Mike, appointment michael bay is just producing it michael bay is producing the thing okay i don't know so maybe maybe megan fox will play dora <laughs> michael bay usually does he usually write and direct or direct well, however or much writing release? is actually involved in his explosion right. massacre yeah. And then you hear, exactly. I know. I really hope the backpack turns into a Range Rover. That would be awesome. That'd be really cool. All the songs are like, backpack, backpack. I feel like the story uh, of Michael Bay producing the new Dora the Explorer movie really overshadows the fact that there's going to be a live action Dora the Explorer movie at all. And that that's ridiculous on its own, completely separate of Michael Bay. Yeah. It's very hard to picture. Like, are they going to put like a little girl with a huge head in a pink shirt and have her walk around with CGI critters? <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. All I can think is like Jungle Book with a girl with a backpack. Oh, no, that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's all I can think about. That sounds crazy. Like, oh, Miyamo, I'm not sure. I'm lost. Can you point me where to go? I for, I can't do I can't do the bit justice, and I can't even give credit where it's due. But there's some comedian who has a bit about Dora the Explorer yeah. and what a liar she is. Right. She's not an explorer. She has a map. Everywhere she goes is on a map. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, I think I've heard that before too. Brings I think it might be like Whitney Cummings or something. Swiper, no swiping. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I remember my cousin was super into that show, and oh, yeah. I would find myself getting kind of hypnotized by it. Like for a kids' show, it wasn't the worst showed up no she's a good role model and it's educational totally yeah yeah but i think a lot of young parents or parents of young children feel quite inundated by dora and Mm -hmm. diego Mm -hmm. people people called me diego for a little while because i always wore a backpack okay (laughs) you're less brown than diego (laughs) yeah i realized that less worldly i think it was just the backpack suites sure yeah speaking of children's shows big mouth Yep. Got renewed for a second season. Which is great. Not terribly surprising. No, not at all. Kind of saw that coming. Really good. I interviewed this artist named Ralph last week. We played her song on the station for a short time. It's called Cold to the Touch. You might know it if you heard it. It's a good pop song. Okay. Uh, but it's, she's a, a woman named Ralph, which is bizarre. Uh, and she was a great interview, and her birthday was last week. And so we got talking about Halloween costumes, and I asked her what she's going to be. And she's like, I think I'm going to be the female hormone monster from Big Mouth. No, <laughs> that's a great call. It is. It's elaborate, though. Yeah. It's going to take a lot. Yeah. You're basically going to need, like, the costume, like, you know, the huge monster from the Muppets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You basically need that costume. And kind of. additions to that. But she even did, like, a half-decent, however brief, like impression of Maya Rudolph as the sexy hormone oh, monster. Oh, that's amazing. Just like, take me down. Why yeah. don't you jump his bones? <laughs> it's like really growly, yeah. droopy voice. Oh, that's awesome. So I hope there's like an Instagram or something we can follow up yeah. on. Someone uh, told me at work the other day to stop quoting my dad's law commercials. Oh, nice. Which is great. That's, I think, my favorite reoccurring joke in that whole yeah. show. I thought it was hysterical. Uh, they are doing a Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas TV series. Wow, on what channel? We don't know a whole lot of details. I don't really know anybody who's even attached. I presume Johnny Depp is not. 
No. I mean, unless yeah. he's going to be like a producer or something. But the and what little know I know about Hunter Thompson, I have to assume he'd find this a little uh, vain, a little vulgar. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he was on board with the movies and everything, but there was just like two movies. Yeah. Only one that was good. And it was with his buddy Johnny Depp. Yeah. And there were one-offs. Yeah. But like a series that chronicles the fear and loathing in Las Vegas of Hunter S. Thompson and his antics. Where does that go? I don't know because yeah, the whole the whole story is is over. I don't know, like a week or two period. I think, and it's very difficult to explore who he is moralistically because, mm-hmm. like, he's kind of uh, uh, what's the thing uh, where you don't believe that anything matters? Nihilism. He's yeah. kind of nihilistic, right, with his uh, with his approach to life and just like being uh, debaucherous. And but he also like knows. About academics and what's good and bad. Yeah, yeah. He's not a likable character, though. However, great an artist, I think he's a likable character. Uh, in what sort of context is he likable? Because of how uh, irreverent he is, or because he's actually sympathetic? I think because he's uh, sympathetic and still vulnerable. You know, Maybe and I'll, I have like to see fear and loathing again, but I don't. I don't recall him being vulnerable at all. What is what is his weakness? Well, I just mean that he's like you know putting himself out there and acknowledging his his uh, weaknesses. Like he basically almost died doing the the Hell's Angels book, right? Because he got like stomped out, but you know he put himself out there to the point he, he doesn't make himself out to be a hero, right? No, I think that's true. Yeah, he's kind of just trying to view society from the everyman's point of view and really putting himself in there he did he committed to the bit there's no committed to the bit yeah he really got in he bought the ticket and he took the ride as he he would say got in the hot tub Mm -hmm. for sure (laughs) anyway so maybe we'll cover that on the show show but it sounds like it's a a ways off and like it might not be a great idea right on i wonder where that's gonna play like is it gonna be a netflix show or is it gonna be like a CW show. It's very preliminary. Right. I mean, yeah, maybe, Netflix maybe seems, like, maybe seems like the cool place to put it. There are a couple of cool places to put it, but it still has to have the right people behind. Yeah. And it has to have a purpose. There's so many shows that don't have a purpose, which brings me to the next thing. They're mm-hmm. going to reboot Magnum P.I. at CBS, no less. Oh, I thought they'd already done that because they already did Hawaii Five-0. Right. And MacGyver. Yep. Was that the other one they did? Yep. Was that CBS? Probably. Yeah, I don't know. And like now they're rebooting Roseanne, and that actually seems like it's going to be a thing, whether it's good or not. I don't know. Mm. But like that's they're making an effort for that to be all right. Whitney is show running it, and Norm Macdonald's on the friggin' writing staff, which is bizarre. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Magnum PI is going to come back just just to do it. Just like well, because they it, had to. It'll make people happy. Right. It'll give people all the feels. But Tom Selleck is not going to be involved whatsoever. Yeah, it's so weird that there's we're in an era where so many things can come out and so many new ideas are coming out, and at the same time, people are like, "Well, why don't we try making like a Lethal Weapon TV show? Why don't we try making a Roseanne TV show again?" Exactly, or Will and Grace, which we did last week. Yeah, yeah, I know. I I don't know. It's a very fine line between like re-exploring these old properties that bring you joy, mm-hmm. and just blatantly admitting, tacitly admitting that you don't have anywhere else to go. Yeah. And that's sad. It's kind of the same with music. Like, we live in a time now where, I mean, I think there's always been music snobs who say, oh, music isn't what it used to be. Mm-hmm. 
those people are definitely more prevalent in our generation than ever before because there's more music than there's ever been before right. because of wonderful things like the internet and home studio recording. Mm-hmm. Anybody can put music out into the world, but as a result, there's a lot less character in the music that's available. Right. Because we're, we're, uh, we have access to all of the, the trite stuff. It's like a paradox of choice mm. almost. What is a paradox so, of choice? Like philosophically. There's so much to choose on, yeah. to choose from that you're never completely satisfied because you're almost upset with how much choice. That's how have. I feel about Netflix in general. And uh, somebody we work with was complaining in the lunchroom one day about how there's nothing on Netflix. And I challenged him on that. Yeah. Because there there is stuff on Netflix. You just have in the back of your mind the uh, the hope that there's going to be something better. If I, if I agree to watch this, I won't watch the thing that I haven't found yet on the queue. Right. And so you just find yourself forever scrolling in search of mm-hmm. a thing that will yeah. bring you the happiness that might not even exist. I do that world. with Apple Music a surprising amount. It's hard to commit to something on Apple Music. It's not like TV shows where you're like, you know, you're either kind of in or you're out. Sometimes yep. you just don't like an album the first time around. No. And then if you're not liking the first couple songs, then it's easy to just skip through or go on to the next thing. I heard them talking about that on the CBC yesterday about how uh, there's so much television available you really can't be expected to commit more than one or two episodes if it doesn't grab you move yeah. on you've got a lot to do totally totally yeah why not just bail and don't, don't and don't jump in just because everyone else is in yeah you don't have to be well I mean you can do that but you don't have to be a completionist about it if no. you're not into it no but that's that's kind of the struggle I've always had it, at what point is it not worth not completing this? Like, there are lots right. of shows I'll give up on, but, like, an example is Pretty Little Liars, which just, I mean, it was never great, but it had a time where it was entertaining, mm-hmm. uh, and then it got so terrible that I had committed so much time that I I felt like it would have been a disservice to myself to not suffer through the last of it. Alternatively, sure. I wasted more time yeah. on bad stuff. You're, you're not pumped about it in the end, that, no. that you ended up watching it all. No, spoiler alert, it was an evil twin. <laughs> Seven seasons, Slaney. They did Evil Twin. That's how they, they wrapped up Pretty Little twin, Liars. Eh? Yeah, wow. they did British Evil Twin. Whoa, a British Evil Twin. Yeah, really terrible, like Russell Brandy Cockney accent and everything. Oh, it was brutal. Awesome. Yeah. Which girl was it? Was like the main person? No, no. That's the other thing is that the whole series initially is supposed to be around the mystery of this one girl who goes missing. She could not matter less by the end of the series, and it's just the other one who was kind of the breakout star, <laughs> the tallest one. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. It sucked. It was so dissatisfying. Well, I feel like that might end up uh, the fate of one of these other shows that we're doing tonight. That's not very hopeful of you. It's only been 35 episodes. <laughs> That's not very hopeful of me. No. You think I have hope after watching that? Oh, you think no. hope is what I felt? We'll get to it later. We'll get okay. to it later. But I think that's very pessimistic. Sure. You went in, you went in not wanting to like it, which I've often said is the number one recipe for not liking something. No, that's not true. I've been surprised so often. Give me an example of eight times. You've eight been... times? <laughs> it's a bit lofty. <laughs> okay, give me two examples of times you were pleasantly surprised by a show on the show uh, show. Oh my God. Um, I don't know. Like, you're kind of putting me on the spot here. Yeah. I can't even remember two shows that we've I done know. on the show show. Oh, please. Uh, this is episode 62. Okay, well, well, what about like uh, me, myself, and I? I was kind of pleasantly surprised by that. No, that I had all the that. pieces of being something that you could like. Bobby, Bobby <laughs> oh, Moynihan. Okay, so I need to pick something that I, you like, thought was going to be I, terrible. Okay. And you were like, oh, that was way better than I thought. Um, What about uh, Twilight Zone? 
You didn't think it would. That's, that's not a good answer at all. You didn't think one of the most beloved series of all time was going to be terrible. I didn't think I was going to be into it. That doesn't matter. You, it had to be uh, like harshly. Nobody is going around saying the Twilight Zone is trash. You're going to hate it. But be, okay, I see. Well, I don't know. What's one of the trashiest shows that we've done? Uh, uh, we did like Alias and we did Green Arrow and we did. Uh, did we do Gossip Girl or we do the other one? Um. Oh, no, shoot. What did we do a few months ago that was terrible? Uh, uh, True Blood. We did That was terrible. We did True Blood. I didn't think True Blood was as bad as you thought. Oh, I thought it was terrible. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll talk about, we'll talk about this. this <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get back into This it. aggressive charge All in right. like a half an I'll, hour I'll or whatever. I'll think of other, other shows. The trailer came out yesterday for Phantom Thread, The Phantom Thread. Okay. This is Daniel Day-Lewis's final acting performance before he retires. <laughs> Oh, before he leaves, he gracefully leaves us forever. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we owe him so much as an actor. Wow, you've got an edge I just tonight. Think, I just think he's such a dick. I mean, like, great I, actor. No, I kind of agree. I great kind of, actor, but he's like, I'm re- now retiring, and like, you all need... I, don't, I just, I don't know. Well, I think, I, think, I think the method is preposterous anyway, sure. and I'm not an actor, but it's just it, to ask people to call you Mr. Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. And to like... To break uh, your rib because like, you're pretending to be exactly you know, a paraplegic. Uh, I know, or like to go into into like Subway to order a sandwich and just like four score and seven years. <laughs> did he do that? No, but like uh, okay. I mean, probably did. Where is my boy? <laughs> he just excuse, look. I'm gonna pay with pennies. Recognize anyone? Yeah. <laughs> See, that's just like such an asshole move. Yeah. But he is a good actor, and uh, of course, and he is a. Uh, Playing this, uh, I, I don't know what the term for a male seamstress is. Maybe it's a seamstress. The ESS is kind of throwing me off. He's playing a person who Classic makes Classic move going out on a movie about a male seamstress. Yeah. Sure. It's really edgy. It's really it's, it's big, tough performance. Yeah. See, this is where I want him to be like, you know, uh, uh, in a motorcycle gang or like, you know, yeah, like going deep in a motorcycle gang that he was like actually an undercover motorcycle gang member for but he's going with the old male seamstress trick. I think he should play himself in a movie about himself. <laughs> that would be super and meta. all of the movies he's made thus far were research for Whoa. how to be Daniel Day-Lewis. He's being a method actor. Because then he would be so confused about how to actually be himself. Yeah, watch he's... it Watch it end up being his worst performance yeah. portraying himself. Well, honestly, I think like he doesn't know who he is. No. Every, like, transatlantic travel has ruined his accent. He's acted. And I, I feel like... He, if there's one person who could move into that role that he is in right now, it might be Christian Bale. Oh, that's a really good appointment. I, th- I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Moody, definitely. Yeah. Like really method committed. He's already shown some kind of like... Uh, Goes like, really far for the role. Yep. Yeah, he's already shown some signs of being a total diva. Yeah, definitely. See, I think like a good person to, to play off both of those actors would be Meryl Streep, who like everybody agrees is the best, is like certainly top five actor of all time, maybe the best living actor on the planet, mm-hmm. Meryl Streep. Okay. And for however much she disappears into a character or however much we all agree she's spectacular and not overrated. Remember that? <laughs> Remember when Trump said that she was overrated? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. She seems so lovely when she's on talk shows and stuff. Yeah. She's so cool. Yeah, she just seems like a nice person. When she's Meryl Streep. So why can't other people be like that? Right. Yeah. She's down to shoot the shit. Yeah. It seems. It seems that way. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't know. I don't know why Daniel Day can't be that way. I don't know either. Maybe someday he'll know who he is. <laughs> uh, Justin Timberlake going to play the halftime show at the Super Bowl? Yeah, he uh, challenged Al Michaels to shake his booty. He <laughs> okay. started the hashtag, Al Michaels shake your booty. Al Michaels is a sportscaster? He's a sportscaster. He's the one who made the Harvey Weinstein joke mm. <laughs> the week before. So this is his second appearance on the show show. Oh, yeah, in two, two weeks. Two weeks in a row. Al Michaels coming up in the world. He was just sitting down with Mike Tirico, who's like one of the ABC announcers, and he's like, you know what, Mike? Like, I'm super excited about this. I'm, I'm like 37 now, so there's not going to be any wardrobe malfunctions. Like, he kind of <laughs> like, like someone's like, you know, there was a wardrobe. Mal-, and he was like, there will be none of that. That was 13 years ago. Can you believe that? The Janet Jackson I can, incident? because it yeah. was, I was in grade eight. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it pretty clearly. It was like a big scandal. Totally. You know why? It would I not be a scandal now. So that, that was the first year that I watched every single game. I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch every single game of the Patriots this year. It's going to be amazing. Um, I believe that was the last year the Patriots, well, the last year the Patriots won the Super Bowl before like 2014. Right. And uh, I, like you can imagine as a boy in junior high, hearing that you missed a stray boob on the (laughs) halftime show, I had like my head down for some, or like ran upstairs while this was happening. And I just heard my dad like, whoa. Yeah. And he was like, he just like ripped off her shirt. And like there, that was before DVR. Right. So I couldn't even go back. You know, I think I might've been able to Google image or something. The next Probably day. Google image it. Maybe but it was before YouTube also. Oh yeah. And then they showed the replay on like entertainment tonight forever and ever, but it was like censored or whatever. Yeah. I just remember thinking even 13 years ago, half my life ago, there's like a door on her bra. Like clearly that was supposed to open. <laughs> yeah. There was a latch. <laughs> it was like a hinge yeah. there that was clearly opened at like a door. A well-oiled hinge. <laughs> WD-40 a, a, a little bit before that open. move. And then, and then the whole thing was kind of, I mean, you know, not to objectify or anything, but the whole thing was, it was, it was a pretty covered boob. She had a pasty on, I think. She had a pasty on that, like. Someone could probably do the entire halftime show wearing just that paste. Nowadays, I think no Lady Gaga probably did that last yeah, year. No one asks any questions. Well, I thought about that too. Like, but if you rip off a piece of fabric and have that behind it, apparently yeah. that's... If that were to happen now, like if, if Justin Bieber were to accidentally declothe Shakira at, mm-hmm. the, at the Super Bowl halftime show... What would become of it? Like, would I mean? I guess it depends on how Janet Jackson reacted, and she wasn't pleased, and she insisted it was an accident. So that kind of made right. Justin look bad. Yeah. Um, I guess that would in that because like we're in this like time now where we're very sensitive to the abuse of women, and rightfully so. But I don't think otherwise. There's as much of a taboo on nudity on television anymore, mm-hmm. and so no. shouldn't sh- so shouldn't there be unless somebody doesn't want to be naked on TV, obviously. Right. Yeah, you know what? You know what's so hilarious is that it's really come full circle. They did it was Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson. Mm-hmm. Then it went to Paul McCartney. Yeah, like the You're safest right. possible. Bet. You're right. And so Aerosmith, for, Springsteen, Aerosmith, Springsteen, Tom Petty. Yeah. Um, what other like kind of like Beyonce classic was rock in there. stars? Yeah, but Beyonce was in there like as a side performer. Like it was never just. Beyonce did. Oh no, no, she was. Yeah, yeah. you're right. It went. It went back to 
to pop. You know what I'm saying? They did the Black Eyed Peas, which I think was like well past Black Eyed Peas Prime. I don't know what they were doing to the totally. Super Bowl. Totally. Bruno Mars did it a couple years ago. Yep, which is one of the most like lauded. It was awesome. Super Bowl performances and Gaga was great too. Yep. Sometimes we just sit down and watch the Bruno Mars wow. Super Bowl performance, where he's just behind the drums, like completely yeah. losing it. He's probably working. so high on cocaine. Yeah. Let's be honest about it. He kind of got off from the public eye and like the perception of him as a drug addict. Like when he was first popular, everyone kind of knew that he was also having drug problems. Well, he was like arrested for cocaine yeah. possession, and then and after talks that, talks about that anymore. No one talks about that, and I'm pretty sure he's probably doing more cocaine now than ever before. His songs are weirder than like, ever before. Good, yeah. The uh private jets and condos and doing stuff in your pajamas like you're yeah might as well toss cocaine in there for i sure. imagine it's, it's a, not too hard it's not too hard for him to get some cocaine yeah <laughs> anyway so the army that is jackson janet jackson's following which i guess still exists is angry <laughs> that justin timberlake gets to come back to the super bowl because she was banned from life banned for life by the nfl she's not allowed at the super bowl ever again which no. is hilarious and and he's the one who like he did it and so now <laughs> everyone's, the everyone's like this is so hypocritical justin should be banned from the super bowl oh my god as if here's the thing if janet jackson has a big hit she's gonna be considered for the super bowl yep like you can't just put janet jackson on stage because you're putting justin timberlake on stage right and that like, would be ridiculous even if she wasn't banned by the nfl is she, are we gonna do a thing 13 years later where she comes out and pulls down his pants <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> and if it's, it's he should like, open the door. And he just kind of has to stand there and like nod at the camera and be like, she finally got me. Yeah, exactly. She, I got mine. Uh, bring it all down. He's homeless, Vale. He's <laughs> just wearing these like Pepsi halftime boxers. <laughs> That's a great idea. Like, a, Bud, a Budweiser like is on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> and what else do we got? Uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg. Has said that he hopes God forgives him for boogie nights. What? Yeah. I guess he's like quite devout. And so. Do you hope God forgives you for like. He feels like it was sinful to have been in boogie nights, which is so offensive. That's so like disrespectful of the great piece of art that is boogie nights. Totally. Well, like it's one of the Paul Thomas Anderson great movies. Why, why isn't he repenting for like, I don't know. Didn't he like, like beat up an old man and like steal his money or something yeah, yeah i like, think he's pretty sorry for that too <laughs> uh, yeah i want to hear him like repent for that before boogie nights i know like which it, was an acting job i like how paul thomas anderson describes boogie nights as his movie about family <laughs> i didn't know that yeah that's which, amazing. Is, which is funny i mean it kind of is about family in like a dark backwards way well yeah in the way that you're like oh i really appreciate my family after watching that movie about how <laughs> fucked up everything I really is shouldn't watch this movie with my family <laughs> yeah <laughs> you gotta show my family this because he plays a porn star and i guess he pulls out like a prosthetic penis at the end right so i don't know if that's the part that he's I'm he's assuming that's, of. that's the main thing. That Look, if even of. Tom Cruise doesn't feel embarrassed about the subject matter of his movies versus his religion, yeah. I think you're fine, Marky Mark. You can mm -hmm. be in a movie that has dirty words yeah. in it. Repent for the funky bunch, not for <laughs> exactly. this. Uh, uh, I want to try a Wahlburger really bad. Man, I had one at the Toronto airport. No way. And it was a gluten-free bun, and it was actually the best gluten-free burger I've ever had. Oh, that's great to hear. It was amazing. Okay. I was so happy about it. Cool. To the point that I'm almost not sure if it was gluten-free or not. But, oh, yeah. But I, I don't think I had any ill effects because of it. Have you had five guys before? 
No. Five Guys is maybe the best hamburger I've ever had. Certainly the best fast food burger I've yeah. ever had. Where'd you have that? Like Montreal? Florida. Florida. I'm not okay. sure we have them in Canada at all. Yeah. Uh, I think we might have one. It is quite the experience. Somewhere. Yeah. It is really something. <sighs> Love that. Yeah. That in and out. I like it. I like how in American restaurants you go into like the dumpiest little fast food place and they're like, LeBron eats here. Yeah. <laughs> There's a picture of him in the main like And I'm like, bomb. I'm in Sarasota, Florida. Yeah. LeBron has never been here. LeBron <laughs> Yeah, you'd walk down the strip and LeBron has eaten in yeah. every place. That's probably the most common picture to right. see on the wall. He wore red once, so they're like, That's a five guys shirt. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Uh you remember the book A Million Little Pieces by James Fry? It was mm-hmm. really popular when we were like yeah like 10 to 13 yeah i think it was i remember being like 17 when i first heard about it but like yeah he no was a, it was like a because i remember a girl reading it when i was in grade seven i was 12 okay yeah and i'm two years older than you yeah yeah okay well i guess that kind of makes sense it was well you know what it had a second wind because it got really popular and then it came out that he lied well that was the thing that i remember hearing about the right. lying thing so it was like a big popular book like yeah. in an eat pray love kind of way like it was this self-help true story autobiography about this uh drug addict guy yeah. who went to prison mm-hmm. and he was on oprah's book club and oprah praised him and then sometime later i don't think it was that long but sometime later it came out that it was actually a fictional book right and like he has maybe had some problems with drugs, but he never went to jail or like all kinds of it was lie, a, a lie. Right. And Oprah had him on the show again. It was like really openly mad at him. She for, had called him out. Yeah. yeah. Well, she kind of made him, a, he made her kind of a liar. Yeah. Anyway, so they're making a million little pieces movie. Oh. With uh, uh, Sam Johnson, is that her name? Who directed the Fifty Shades of Grey movie. And she's like, she's, she's married to Aaron Taylor Johnson and she's like 25 years older than him. Okay. Kick ass. Okay. Yeah. He's Aaron Taylor Johnson. The main guy? Yeah. Oh, so wow. he's married to a woman who's like 50-something. Okay. And they have a baby together, which is kind of wild. Whoa. And uh, she directed his John Lennon movie, and she's also directed the, the Fifty Shades of Grey movie. Right. That famous John Lennon movie. Yeah. Nowhere Boy, it was called. Uh, okay. It's about like a young John Lennon. Right. I haven't seen it, but I mean, mazel tov to him. Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna play james fry i guess okay so so yeah obviously it was still a good story people still well, got obviously it. it was a very popular book whether it's real or not i kind of equate it to you know the whole david sedaris thing yeah how people are like hey these things didn't actually happen to him I'm like oh so you mean he's just funny yeah he's just a great storyteller <laughs> yeah did those things not happen to him? Did like Santa Lane Diaries I, not happen? I don't know. So people people dispute that some of the things definitely. Didn't Who cares? Happen to him. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. It's but not that, like he. It makes me more impressed. Yeah, it's not like he's like written a story where he's like, so I invented the cotton gin and I, <laughs> I deserve all the money. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a story about a crazy thing that happened to him at some mall. Yeah, and every other story he wrote. Right. Yeah. I'm on your I'm on your side, David Sedaris. Mm-hmm. We should uh, have him on the show. A bit of a we should try and get David Sedaris, right? Uh, we we had a bit of a an unexpected rating standing in late night this week. Okay. Kimmel came out in first. Oh wow. Never happened before. Colbert in second. Tonight show fell to third for the first time ever. 
Whoa. Whoa. So, was there any specific reason people? I mean, Kimmel was in Brooklyn. This was Kimmel's Brooklyn week, right? And he had Letterman on and Stern. Like, he had really incredible guests. It was like a big thing. Uh, And I guess because people are kind of really enjoying Kimmel right now, he's had some really good episodes, really good monologues. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's fluky. You know, yeah. who knows exactly? It's like it bounces around week to week. Right. I did know that though. Like I did know that. Oh, Kimmel had like Stern on and Letterman. Like that's a good week. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. In other talk show news, Chelsea got canceled. Ah. Chelsea Handler's Netflix show after only two seasons got canceled. I think I was the only person watching it, and I didn't like it anymore. Now I just you were put over it on. It. Well, she really fancied herself like a like a John Stewart type. Right. Like she just always wanted to talk about, about uh, Trump and like yeah. Bannon and like, uh, I so mean it's great that she's on. like involved in her nation's politics and like has like a, a passion for, for injustice or whatever. But some comedians are just not built to be political comedians. Yeah, and I'm mean, in Jimmy Fallon's defense, he's not either. But he doesn't try too hard to be one. Right, where she's just like, so let me do a bunch of jokes about Sean Spicer. Right, and it doesn't work. Yeah, you know. Didn't she do a whole show where she was like trying things? Chelsea does it or something. So that was her introduction into the Netflix family. Right. Chelsea does. And it was a series of four documentaries. Right. Um, and one was like on her doing like ayahuasca and stuff. Wasn't yeah. It? They're actually very good. I, I imagine. I want to see that. They're, they're, they're quite good. It was before the talk show. Mm-hmm. So she announced that she's ending the talk show. Mm-hmm. Nobody believes that for a second. Oh, really? Like, she came out and she's like, so I've decided to not return after the end of our second season because I really want to be more involved in campaigning for the Democrats. And my part, my relationship with Netflix is not over. We're going to do more Chelsea Does documentaries. Okay. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, obviously, they went to her and they were like, so listen, we have no viewers on your show. Right. Nobody watches your show except this one guy in Nova Scotia. Yeah. <laughs> and so, he doesn't even and like he doesn't it. he doesn't even like it. <laughs> so... Uh, we're going to cancel it, but you, if you want, you can pretend that it was your idea to right. save face. I think that's probably what happened. That was nice. Yeah. And then keep doing Chelsea Does. Yeah, which are good. Yeah. I, I Yeah, I should watch that. I think so. Um, I guess we should talk shows. Is my turn to pick? Uh, sure. Is it my turn to pick? What did we talk about last week? Will and Grace. Yeah, you did the first Will and Grace, and I did the new one. So yes, okay. my turn to pick. Okay. Since I don't want you to just complain about how bad it is, I guess we'll start with Riverdale. Okay. I actually would probably feel more confident in recapping that one than either. Okay, fine. You want me to do the other one? No, no. No. You've already, you've already said it. You'll just have to listen to me struggle through the, uh, the okay. other one. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go on go. All right. In three, two, one, go. It, September comes, a new school semester at Riverdale High has begun. Uh, Jason Blossom has gone missing. And so everybody's very sad about the captain of the football team uh, being missing. Uh, Veronica moves to town. She's beautiful and seductive, and Archie has a crush on her. But Betty's in love with Archie. Classic. Mm-hmm. He wants to be a musician, uh, but there's all of this dark and creepiness uh, floating around, and he's not really sure what's going to happen to his town. In the end, uh, some boys are out walking by the lake, and they see Jason Blossom's dead body bullet hole in the forehead. Yeah. And also, Archie banged the teacher. Archie did bang Miss Grundy, <laughs> Geraldine Grundy. They went straight into the, the Dawson's Creek narrative. Yes, they did. Immediately. It was the that was their first first card they played. Yes. There was that. There was a uh, girl-on-girl kiss. I found, was, uh, I found the girl-on-girl kiss 
deeply offensive. <laughs> I, I like, was like, I was sorry for women everywhere that they're like, do you know how we're going to get on this cheerleading squad? We, we, we're going to be, we're going to make everyone horny. Well, here's the thing is, is that like from sure from like a character standpoint yeah it's bad but the worst thing is the fact that they did that because they wanted to put it in the show yes like they yes. wanted a girl on girl kiss to be in the show well so and there's badly. there's a lot of that in riverdale it's yeah. just like needless sex sure. there's like there's all this like needless sexuality in the show which mm -hmm. is unnecessary to to be clear i really enjoy riverdale but the way i always describe it is it's deliciously trashy yeah it's not I hate it's, that, by the way. It's, why do you hate that? I don't know. Delicious as a... As a it, no, it's delicious. It's like it's scrumptious. You can't... <laughs> it's you can't, even worse. You can't stop consuming it. I think it's like very palatable. Okay. Um, and I don't know why. I think I, I have a bit of a of a thing for for uh, cheap teen soaps. I think right. that's... that's I, I have an appreciation for Did them. you finish Vampire Diaries? No, I never watched that. No? No. Oh, Jen was really into that. Yeah. I... I, I I, th I think part of it is they they have this rare storytelling opportunity where they can ditch any storyline they want whenever they want. <laughs> yeah, that that is definitely something Vampire Diaries. They can just move often. on. Like for example, the second season of Riverdale has been going for a little while. The yeah. whole first season with Archie is about how he doesn't want to do anything but play music. Right. And so like the 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 iconic center focal point of Archie comics in general is this love triangle between him and Veronica and Betty. Yep. It's expressly stated in the first episode of the show he's never had feelings for Betty. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> so cold towards her. Exactly. And so he and Veronica are a couple now and Betty and Jughead are a couple which never happens in the comics because I think Jughead's supposed to be indirectly gay, right? Um, well, isn't Jughead gay in the show? No. Oh, okay. No, he's with Betty now. Okay. Anyway, so the whole first season is about how he doesn't want to do anything but be a musician. And the second season is two or three deep now, and there's been no reference whatsoever to him being a musician. What are what are his things now? Well, now he's trying to figure out why people keep getting murdered in Riverdale. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which was not part of the comics, to be clear. Yeah, and I won't give anything away because people might not be caught up on the new season, Yeah, but there's a lot of murder happening. <laughs> They're just so crushing people left, right, and center. Well, the fact that it looks exactly like like Twin Peaks too yeah. is also something that I picked up They're on. They're going like, for it's that. supposed to look like Twin Peaks. Yeah, Even the sign is... that's like Riverdale. Well, it's uh, in the woods, this little town in the woods, yeah. right? Filmed that's... in Vancouver too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, so the first first scene, yep. we see a redheaded couple. Yeah. They're not out. a couple. They're twins. They're twins. Yeah. Weird. All dressed in white. Okay. Like, like you do with your twin brother or sister. Okay. But there is a canonized understanding among Archie fans that Cheryl and Jason Blossom are twin sesty. No way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like understood that they're weirdly close and they're playing to that. It's not like they just invented it. Oh. And like the most popular Archie graphic novel series right now is a series called Archie Afterlife, which is like X-rated. And uh, Cheryl and Jason are fucking in it. They're <laughs> openly having sex in what? it. What? And it's like a zombie Archie apocalypse oh, graphic no. series. Yeah. They're, at, at, they're zombies too. They're all zombies in it. Yeah. Oh my god. It's called Archie Afterlife. That's incredible. It's it, the artwork is beautiful in it too. Really? It's really cool. Whoa. Yeah. It's not the first time in Norris Riverdale at all that Archie's gone dark for being this like uh archetypical setting where everything is wholesome mm -hmm. and like apple pie American. Right. Uh they've tried to shake it up by making it very dark a number of times. Okay. 
Um, and then there was this offshoot, which wasn't canon Archie, Mm-hmm. called Criminal, The Last of the Innocents. It was like a one-off graphic novel. And it's not sanctioned by the Archie people. Right. So they're not named like Archie and Betty and Veronica, but they're almost named that. Right. And so like the Jughead character wears the hat and everything. So like it's 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 a blatant ripoff, but there's stuff that happens in it that the Archie people would never allow. And they they're, they're like... the same people who allow Twincest. Right. But <laughs> um, it's the story about how some time has gone by. They've graduated from Riverdale High. They're okay. like in their 20s or 30s now. Archie's married to Veronica and he hates her. Because she's horrible. And so he and Betty create a plan to murder Veronica so they can be together. Oh my God. And because Jughead has become this terrible drug addict, <laughs> he's clean now. But right. they get him really fucked up. Yeah, they give him a hot shot. And they convince him that while he was messed up, he murdered Veronica. Whoa. And he admits to it. And so it's this horrible story oh that makes God. Riverdale look like Disney World. Wow. Criminal, Last of the Innocents, if anybody wants to check that out. This is incredible. Have you read any of these things? I've read some Archie Afterlife. I've never read Criminal. Okay. Yeah. But I'm like a fan of Archie. I read Archie Digest when I was a kid. Did you? I have uh, some of the new comic books because they restarted the series. Okay. It's like a little, it's silly, obviously, but I don't know. I like the characters. Yeah. Wow. I, you know what? I, I was trying to figure out. I first thought Jughead, I heard going into it that Jughead was gay in the show. I think a lot of people just always assumed Jughead was supposed to be gay and they didn't say it, but he's not in the show. He's not. I never assumed that, but I also never read the comic books that much. I kind of had like a basic understanding of most of the characters. Right. Um, Okay, so what other issues did I have? Cole Sprouse plays Jughead, who's one of the The Sweet Life Cody guys. Yeah. Uh, he also played Ben Geller on Friends. He was in uh, oh, yeah. Big Daddy. He was the right. kid in Big Daddy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he's uh, he's kind of the breakout from it. Actually, everybody really likes right. uh, Cole Sprouse on, on as Jughead. As we were watching, Jen kind of said, "Oh, I didn't know Cole Sprouse was in this." Yeah, yeah. He, and he's he's entertaining in it. He mm-hmm. went in to read for Archie. They wanted him to play Archie because he was like the famous one they were going to get on board yeah. of the kids. And when he was there, he heard that Jughead was going to be the narrator of the show. And so he asked if he could read for Jughead instead, thinking in his head, this is the only way they can't kill me off. Right. I'm narrating it. Yeah. Well, they could still kill him off and have a dead narrator. Well, I think like, they probably won't kill off Archie either. Like, yeah. That seems <laughs> yeah, less likely. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Why do you think Archie was going to die? Well, pe- people are getting crushed, man. It's yeah. happening. Left, wow. right, and center. But not Betty or Veronica. Not yet, no. No. I, and I hope not, because they're both really good. Well, I think they look they look the part. I think all four of those main characters look the part. Jughead uh-huh. and Archie and Betty and Veronica. Right. Veronica especially. Like she looks straight out of the comic pages. Yeah. I didn't think so as much. I, I thought Veronica was the miss for me. Oh, that's bizarre. Yeah. I just for, for me it's her with a bullet. Really? I, I I'm like, I can't believe how cartoonish she looks. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess she's kinda cartoony looking. Yeah. Um I appreciated the fact that they both had it was kind of like the lesbian kiss how yeah. they had or the girl on girl kiss how they had the gay best friend like yeah. just such a such an overused trope and that's a character and they, that they need to acknowledge it in he's a late addition in the archie universe too oh, okay. his name is kevin but there was there was this uh 
kind of news making Archie story five years ago at most where Archie dies okay uh, it's called I think the death the life and death of Archie Andrews okay uh, and it's about how he saves his his gay friend Kevin from getting murdered in a hate attack oh my god what a, a hero steps in front of a bullet see dark stuff has happened in Archie totally. there was also once an Archie predator crossover no yeah that's odd. Was that he? Happened. Was Archie just in the jungle of Vietnam for some reason? I hope so. I think so. <laughs> I think that probably happened. I'm looking. I'm looking for other like little things I wrote down. Uh, so you didn't like it. You're not a fan. No. What was it exactly? I because you yeah. understand it knows what it is. I understand it knows what it is. Yeah. Sure, and I understand that there's a a, a demo of people that are gonna like that. I'm just not. It's a one very of those big demo. People. It's like this big thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. It's just. So many of these shows go so far off the tracks, mm-hmm. which we've talked about already. Yes. And you're oh, and it talk- already has, and it will. Yeah, yeah. It's just like there's no way that it can. It can. I. I don't know. I just. I feel bad that Miss Grundy is a Juilliard trained cellist, and, her, <laughs> and she's, and she's a high school music teacher in why Riverdale. Was, why was that so important to put into? Why couldn't she just be a talented? You musician? went to Juilliard. <laughs> You're come on. <laughs> you graduated from Juilliard. You're the only one I would trust well, to had, give me music lessons. It has Archie thinking lessons. he has to quote unquote study music. Yeah. To sing in the National or whatever and, he wants to do <laughs> to sing like acoustic guitar songs. And, and when she's. When Miss Grundy's listening to it with her eyes closed, she looks like she's like, oh, I can't even trust myself to listen to this. Like, we need to, like, shut all the doors. She I can't. can't. She's gross. <laughs> she's really gross. She's really gross. Well, she rolls up on the 4th of July yep. with a lollipop in her mouth <laughs> while Archie's, like, like bringing his shirt up and, like, exposing his abs to, like, wipe his face off. And yep. she's like... Hey, Archie. Uh, do you need a ride? Do you, yeah, do you need a And he's kind of like, he immediately looks at her to be like, <laughs> 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 like he, he like giggles and like looks forward and like has his head down. He's like, uh, okay. And then later on, the whole conversation between them, that it's like, what? We, we know that something happened. Yeah, that's right. We can't tell them that something happened that morning of 4th of July. And you just see them like lying on a blanket. Why are, and why are you fighting this, Geraldine? You hear a gunshot yeah. and she's like, that we heard a firework. <laughs> <laughs> a firework. And he's like, at 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> he immediately calls her out, as he should, because that's ridiculous. They've tried so hard to give her the aesthetic of like the sexy librarian, right? Yeah. She's like young and like it's... Uh, almost not like that creepy because right. they're clear the actors are probably the same age right. um but i find her very dorky looking and i don't mean to judge her based on her look but like she doesn't look like heidi klum with glasses to right me. Yeah, yeah she looks like a juilliard train, train cellist <laughs> <laughs> and i didn't know she was a cellist either that makes oh that comes better. later than i guess oh god yeah. that's amazing there's uh there was one other part i think uh okay so there was her there was I can't quite remember now. And I'm just going to be on the spot trying to think about it. But there's uh, okay, well, there's the, other funny the Josie things and the that... Pussycats. What do you think of them? Oh, God. <laughs> First of all, jerks. Yeah, I'm so mean. Second of all, <laughs> second of all, her playing the electric guitar was not playing anything. I know. She played the electric guitar and all of a sudden it was like a keyboard. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> like keyboard music started playing as she was strumming. I was so disappointed that that wasn't a recognizable song. What song was that? I don't know. Because Cheryl introduces them and she's like, so this is the song my right. parents were listening to when I was conceived. Yeah, it was creepy. Why wasn't it like, stop dragging my heart around or I th- something? I thought like. it was going to be like the warrior or something fun. Yeah. Like something that would make you like excited. And it was nothing. It was like a a song written by the staff of Riverdale to be in the background while other stuff happened. Yeah, well, well, you looked at like there was like huge banners of this like dead football player that were yeah. also shot at the end of the dude who took the shotgun that or took the the bullet to the head. Yeah, looked like basically Pennywise. Yeah, just, he's gross just looking underwater. He's super gross oh looking. Oh my god. And they're like, oh, Jason. What was his name? Jason Blossom. Jason Blossom. When you watch 13 more episodes, you'll know what happened to Jason Blossom. Really? You yeah. figured out at you the end You find it at the end of the, the, end of the last, at the first season, yeah. Do you tell me? Can we do a spoiler alert and you just tell me? No, because people haven't seen it yet. I'll tell you when the show's over. All right. It's good. Okay. It's pretty good. Do you give it your ass? I give it my ass. You do. I think it's um, great escapism. I'm just like, who would I, who would I tell to watch that show? Right. Just anyone? I don't uh, think so. I'm not going to go into work and be like, you gotta watch Riverdale. No. And in fact, most people who are like, have you seen Riverdale? I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk. Like there are people at our work who are so, like, I'm loving Riverdale. So, and I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. So anyone, <laughs> anyone who I'm hating, I should be like, so uh, I guess, have you seen Riverdale? <laughs> and just wait for them to like tire themselves out. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Do that. All right. That's, that's a very tepid S you just gave. <laughs> I did not give an S <laughs> for the record. I do. Okay. All right. So let's move on to Mindhunter, which is really like the relevant zeitgeisty show right now. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, can we talk, before we get into your recap, can we talk about how you had a bit of a, a journalistic pursuit the last couple uh, of days? Yeah. So I always started too late. <laughs> the same thing's going to happen next week. Fair warning on like Monday. Today. Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> You're okay. reaching out to the show today to get an interview for the podcast we're doing now. In all fairness, I did try to reach out last Friday to a, a writer on the show uh, who I managed to secure an email for who never responded to me. Right. Which, fine. Maybe they're not allowed. Maybe they're not allowed. Yeah. That's good. Um, so I then decided I came into you with a game plan this morning, having mm-hmm. not heard from... Miss Teleplay. Right. Uh, saying, okay, I'm going to tweet two of the stars that I, that I like that I know have. <laughs> two of the main Twitter. characters. <laughs> two of the main characters. <laughs> and said, hey, or basically tweeted saying, really loving hashtag Mindhunter, hashtag Netflix Mindhunter. Yeah. Um, Cameron Britton and uh, Holt. Matt McClant. Yeah, the guy who plays McClant. like the partner, not Jonathan Groff, but the older guy. Yeah, and yeah. and Cameron Britton isn't even in the first episode. He's in the second episode. Right. It's kind of a dude in prison that they keep interviewing. Yeah. Um, and uh, got likes from both of them. That's amazing. <laughs> I thought That's that was shocking. Great. I thought it was really cool that I got likes from both of yeah. them. And then I tried tweeting them directly after and essentially said something along the lines of like They're probably like uh this is why i don't like tweets yeah it was like i i i started it out by saying thanks for the like <laughs> but uh i had to delete that because there just wasn't enough space for and your pitch for my pitch and you need to get 280 characters which was yeah do you have 280 characters no i'm not deemed important enough right you need to like like have that the, well, the, the president doesn't have it either, so I... Okay. 
Um, why can't I? Okay, one second. Just looking for my tweets here. How do you go? You should to... have tweeted from the at Show Show Podcast Twitter. I know that looks I, more official. I should have. <laughs> it's twelve followers, sh- eight of which are porn bots. No. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Your we're, friend Brent, we're, we're my it. friends Jade and Chris and Becky, yeah, are all of our real followers. What about Jamie? I haven't talked to Jamie in a long time, but yeah, <laughs> he's not following us anymore. I hope he is. Oh, okay, I hope we didn't lose him. Yeah. Anyway, essentially, I said thanks for the follow. Hey, any chance you guys uh, could find any member of the cast or crew that might want to talk to at Show Show Podcast? You're like, no. And I said, DM me. <laughs> <laughs> As if they're going to be like, sure, yeah, we'll get right on Do all the work for you. And the shitty thing was, like, Holt was retweeting other people, but he just liked my tweet. Yeah. I think I had to make it more Holt-centric. That's true. I'm going to get something. Well, maybe another time. Yeah. All right. Do you want to recap the first episode of Mindhunter? Sure. New crimey Netflix show? Yes. You may begin your 30-second recap in three, two, one, go. Okay, so Holden Ford is a FBI hostage negotiator. He uh, loses a victim, or the person he's negotiating with blows his brains out. None of the hostages are hurt, but the FBI wants to keep him teaching at the FBI school. Uh, He wants to learn different methods of teaching people how... how to deal with uh, criminals. He meets a girl at a bar who's also a psych student. He then starts going around the country with uh, another kind of grizzled. <laughs> yeah, that was I. I think like I kind of. Did no, you're that you're on the right track. You just needed another eight seconds. But yeah. it, basically, it's a show about how, he, how he's going to implement more psychology be used in the FBI's investigating. That's right. They they weren't, you know, firm believers in some of the deeper psychological beliefs, you know, right. that that uh, some of the more Freudian things right. and, and, yeah, even more, like, basic things that, you know, just weren't originally used in hostage negotiation or in, in speaking with criminals or treating criminals, you know, like they're human. Now, this is based on a book. Yeah. Uh like a true crime memoir is it is it is the story lifted from that at all or is it really just using the brand of mindhunter no the tell a fictional story no the story is based on on two people okay two real life people and the the interviews that you start to see in the show with criminals are directly from like the actual they're conversations real. that they have they're reenactments or are they playing the real things they're playing the real things and the actual conversations are apparently like word for word. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, I don't. I shouldn't say word for word, but apparently the actual conversations happened and are like recorded, and the things that these crazy people are saying. Yeah. Actually, the people versus OJ is like that too. So much of the dialogue is identical because it's iconic. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's 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 a super interesting show. Like I, I watched the first three episodes yep and it's one of those shows that you know you love watching psychos just talk about killing people it's like it's kind of like let's call it uh like silence of the lamb syndrome sure that's (laughs) a great example you know like you you're so interested to hear what hannibal lecter such a psycho especially when they're like when they have a backwards wisdom and they're eloquent totally it's like really fascinating which the main like the cameron britton character in Mm. the show he's very like you know, he he chops off women's heads mm. and has sex 
with the hole, the hole or the head, the severed head. Like, do they show all that? No, like, no, they, no, no. They, he's already in jail at this point. Yeah, and they're just talking to him about because it because I had heard somewhere that it's pretty bloody, and so I asked you ahead of time, like, what do I have to be on the on the watch for? And actually, I have to thank you because you gave me perfect instructions that I didn't see anything I didn't want to see. But that first scene where the the guy who's got the woman hostage blows his own brains out. Uh, he put the gun to his head, and I said, this is where Selene said I should look away. I looked away. I heard the gunshot. And Becky said, I'm so glad you didn't see that. Yeah. I really wish I didn't see that. It was kind of like like me in general, like, oh! Yeah. Like, it was a, like, messy... And then there was some... So were they looking at, like, uh, autopsy photos or something later on where yeah. I looked away for that as and well? And you looked away for that, too. But since then, has it been a gruesome show? No. Good, because I want to keep watching. Like, it, I, I three episodes in, I have not seen anything that makes me think, like, ooh, wow, that's really bad. Now, I, at times, don't think the dialogue is even five percent good oh really okay yeah like when he when groff is talking to his girlfriend yep i'm like who wrote this shit yeah okay but the premise is really good like in the bar or yeah in the bar i was like i don't they're first flirting i don't know if he's not selling this as a straight guy (laughs) or if the writer is really bombing hard, well, but it I think, was not believable at all. And so I, when he's coming out of the movie later, and he's like, I really liked it because the dialogue was so believable. Right. And I'm like, oh, the Dog irony. Day Afternoon. Yeah. yeah. No, I wasn't buying it. Have you ever seen Dog Day Afternoon? Never. It made me really think about, it's a great movie, you should yeah. watch it. But it really made me think about, you know, at the time, how that movie was perceived, which mm. was like, it's a super, like, it's a super famous movie now, but it's about a guy who's robbing a bank to try to pay for a sex change yeah. for his boyfriend. Right. Like it's like ripped out of the headlines today, maybe, but in the seventies, you know, I think it would have been extremely it, taboo. Well, a topic. It, it's back funny then. because you see like people getting up and walking out of the movie theater. Yeah. Like you can tell how, how outraged people. Well, and, about. and the Holden character, Jonathan Groff seems like a very like liberal and open-minded person. Like he's a little naive. Maybe he's mm-hmm. a little bit stiff, yeah. but he's definitely willing to learn about, about people who are different than him. That's kind of what makes him an interesting character. Yeah. So he's not judgmental at all. Right. But he doesn't use the same terminology that we accept. Today. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. What was he foreshadowing in that opening scene when he's, when he's trying to negotiate, negotiate with the crazy guy on the step and, he says, I understand, and the guy says, what do you understand? And he says, I understand not being able to connect with my loved ones. What, do you remember oh, that? Oh, I don't know. I don't know that that's, that they've actually, it seemed, like... It seemed like a very direct, okay, this guy is broken inside, and he's going to have to right. deal with, he's going to reckon with that in the show. The only other thing that's happened that I've seen so far is that the girlfriend at one point mentions uh, something about... And I feel like I might have read something about this. Like, I, yeah, I think maybe he's possibly like maybe they write him as being a little bit kind of psycho himself. Yeah, maybe. Um, but they ask. She asks if uh, he like loves. The only question my mom will ask to see if she likes you is, uh, "Do you get along with your mom?" Interesting. And, he, and he's like. Yeah, I, I love my mom. She's like, yeah, I talk to her all the time. Right. And that's a good thing, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. But like, but that's all that happens. And I'm like, why was that scene even in there? Yeah. And the, the rest of the show is kind of like, so far, 
the like main people in it or the main villains in it have had really fucked up relationships with their moms. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. See, in the first episode, it's all very clinical. Yeah. And there's not a whole lot of uh, emotion in it. Like right. he has this new relationship with this girl or whatever, and he's like shown as the eager beaver. He's definitely the eager beaver, and he's almost kind of like theatrical. Oh like, yeah, like they like make... he's literally theatrical. He's holding an improv class. So yeah, at the FBI, right? And and they make they make an arrest at one point, and he's like he goes back to the cop station that they're like kind of teaching at. Yeah, and he's like, but I want to let everyone know that I hope one day we can go out there, like totally not reading the room. Everyone was kind of like partying before, and he's like, and we can like. Find all of the darkness that, and then Holt just kind of puts his arm around him. He's like, "And thanks for the beers, guys." Yeah, and kind of forgets about it, but he's like constantly just being the huge dweeb. Right. Yeah. I kind of found that he was so seemingly unaffected by that horrific first scene with the gunshot. That yeah, that's a good take. I, I he was so unaffected by it that. I thought maybe it was one of those things where the first scene, you know how a lot of series start with a, a flash forward? Right. Like so many opening scenes of TV shows yeah. are, are a thing that we're going to build to and then we'll get to it later. Uh, it's seen, but except then I remember that can't be the case because they do show the after scene where he was like, oh, I feel bad. And they're like, don't feel guilty. Right. And then he moves on. He's like, he saw a guy blow his brains out. Yeah. But I guess that's just an example of the kind of thing he sees all the time. Yeah, it could be, but maybe we should read into it. He's also the new kid in town. Like mm-hmm. he's just like he's twenty nine. He's still in school by choice. Uh, he doesn't have the ego that most other agents his age have. That's kind of well established. Right. That even though he's very good at his job, he's still very fresh and green. Yeah. So why is he leading this really scary thing that's happening? Yeah, with the like, hostage. he's, I think, just the one that's willing to go out on a limb more than anyone else. Like, I, th- I think uh, Holt, Holt, uh, what's the other guy? Holt Bill. seems more like a copy name because you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Right. The actor's name is Holt. His right. name is like Tench, Bill Tench. Is Tench, that his name? Bill Tench. Yeah. So, um, so he's, he's more the one who's kind of more satisfied with status quo. Although yeah. he's, you can tell he kind of knows his shit. Right. But he's, you know, he wants to like, Oh, uh, you're you want to go interview someone who's in jail? Like, screw that! I'm going golfing. That's kind of the way it is for like the next right. couple episodes. And that, anyways. Do you sense a lot of David Fincher in this project? Uh, yeah, I think just kind of in the way that it's like lit and shot. Yeah, it's very dark. That yeah, that kind of feel. It's kind of kind of reminds me of House of Cards a little bit. Dialogue, not as much. Well, it kind of reminded me how good the first season of House of Cards was. Yeah, and like everything after the first season is so White Housey, right? right? It's so it's so like um, Ivory Tower, right? Whereas the first season there was this whole journalistic underbelly and like people with real jobs, like being like gritty. Freddy. Being who? Like Freddie, the ribs guy. Freddie, absolutely. And yeah. like Zoe Burns and like just being like, right. there's all these like press people yeah. with like open collars and loose ties. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. It hasn't been the case on House of Cards for a long time. Yeah, you're but right. these are like blue collar everyday Americans in this show. Yeah. And that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's again, one of those shows that you want it to tell the story and then just like be done. Yeah. You know, like tell the story of what happened. Yeah, I don't but think don't, I don't want to like... It's not conducive to being serialized. It's almost like a really dark cop version of Almost Famous. It's like, this is oh, what it's like to transition in this era. Yeah. Because it's like the 70s, right? Do we know? Yeah, what it, it's what like it uh, mid mid to late 70s, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
And Charlize Theron is the other producer. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. I didn't really notice that. Apparently, she and David Fincher first pitched it to networks in 2009. They've wow. been all over this project for eight years. They're just fast friends? I guess. I, they've never worked together, have they? Fincher movies or anything. Not that she? I know of. He doesn't make a lot of movies. No. Well, I mean, he did like, uh, what did he do? He did like Fight Club. and Fight Club in Seven. Seven. And yeah. um, was she in Seven? No, that was Gwyneth Paltrow. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Was she around then? Yeah, she probably was. Like, But like super early, like still had a South African accent probably. Uh, the social Network. He did The Social Network. Yeah. Did The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Right. Yeah. She wasn't in any of these things. But... No. What do you think Charlize Theron's like in real life? I think she's probably pretty cool. I, she seems really cool. And like that Bill Simmons interview, she also did one on Stern, which is promoting the same movie, oh, Atomic yeah. Blonde, I think it was. Right. Yeah, yeah. She seems cool. Yeah, she seems like someone who kind of just like goes in and chills. She's pretty down to earth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you give the show your S? Absolutely. I thought it was fascinating. I mean, I'd be prepared for some darkness, but there's also levity in it. Yeah. It's actually like it, it's interesting. It's interesting sure. too that the main character doesn't require like a witty sidekick to give it levity as a dark show. He's actually the light one in yeah. a dark world, right? Which is kind of refreshing, actually. He, he's the intense one, but also the light one. Yeah, he's he's the driving force that's like going to invoke change in his environment. Yeah, but he's also like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, mm-hmm. and like his his awkwardness is kind of charming. Yeah. I find his girlfriend a little unrealistic. She's just a little too clever. Yeah. You know she's Paul Gross's daughter. Yeah, yeah. So who's Paul Gross? Canadian Gem. He is right. the uh, the Mountie on Due South. Yeah. <laughs> people people love him. My friend from England. Is she Canadian too then? No, she's actually born in Michigan. Oh. But my friend from England, uh, she came over to Canada and basically wanted to like meet a Mountie. Her dream was to marry a Mountie. Oh, wow. Yeah. So my friend who was dating her at the time, uh, I think was like wore like a Mountie uniform for Halloween. Does, does this person out. understand that Mounties don't wear the getup? I don't think she knew that at the, the time. Like, like they wear it ceremonially, but they don't like ride around on horses in beautiful red no, suits. No, I think she was full on like tutored by New South. Okay. Which is kind of a big show in in the B, on BBC for some reason, right? Or at, at least at one point was. Yeah, I think that's, that's all. That's my British story. I think that's your British story. I think that's all we have for Mindhunter and Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I mean, I recommend both. Slaney recommends just one. Yes, but that's Can't pretty wait good. To finish it. Yeah, it's pretty good overall. Hope everybody has just the most lovely week. <laughs> Be safe. Yep. Oh, Halloween! It. Halloween's gonna happen between between Halloween now parties. and the next and the next show. Show both the Saturday evening parties and yep. the Tuesday trick or treating. I think I might be. I was trying to be Gord Downey. I know. I love that idea, and I love it too. I just don't have the Jaws T-shirt, and I feel like that really throws everything together. You pre- did you go to Urban Outfitters and it was just sold out? Yeah, I even tried going online. I called the Urban Outfitters and said like, "Hey, is that?" still there and they're yeah. like now we don't have it anymore probably just sold like hotcakes on yeah that day. and then i was even trying to find one that i could express ship online and it wasn't gonna happen until like oh, november so that's too bad so i don't really know what i'm gonna do did i tell you what what uh jen's gonna be for halloween no she's going to be spinelli oh. and uh her friend's gonna be tj that's so great yeah we were gonna do that one year i forget why we didn't oh yeah yeah we ended up doing the magic school bus instead i think that's what happened gotcha you guys could have been like the uh, the diggers or the swing kids or something. There's so many good characters. King Bob. There's so many King like background Bob. characters in that show. Yeah, You're right. They invented such a beautiful microcosm. Such a world. 
Becky and I have talked about hosting a podcast where we just dissect each episode of The Weekenders. <laughs> that would be great. We, yeah, we, we, we talked about it. We think we would call it Living for the Weekend. Sure. And just do like little 10-minute podcasts week by week. Yep. So we think that'll happen sometime. About each of the episodes? Yeah. There's only one season, right? No, it was like four seasons. Whoa. Yeah. Weekenders went deep. Yeah, Weekenders was like inc- incredibly creative. I remember being so frustrated by the fact that I could not ever find the Weekenders on TV. Like, I, I don't know if it changed time slots all the time. You could probably or... find them all on YouTube. Yeah, I know. And we would have to find a way to watch them. I own one of the seasons on DVD. <laughs> really? Yeah, I love the Weekenders. That's impressive. Yeah. So look for our podcast sure. on the Show Show Network. <laughs> <laughs> the spinoff. I want a piece of this. Okay, yeah. Join right. us anytime. Okay, cool. All right. I don't have a, a, a cool or obnoxious Will Smith fact this week that occurred to me. We should Google him. I saw a picture uh, on, I think, Reddit, and it was like the most 90s picture ever. It had like the dude from House Party and Will Smith. Oh, wow. And DJ Jazzy Jeff. And like everyone Just was- Just like all hanging out? Yeah. In like the early 90s. And every, like they were taking like, they were like posing for a photo together, but they were clearly like at a party or something. And everyone was, oh, it's Michael Jordan. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And everyone was just wearing like bowls hats and like t-shirts and stuff. And it was just so like, someone wrote like, everyone here is from a different area and everyone's got a bull's hat. And that's the way it was then too. Like everyone <laughs> had a bull's hat. Like I had a bull's hat and I, you know, have no feel. My dad's a huge Celtics fan. I'm right. now a huge Celtics fan, but it just, that was what was in the ether at that time. So Will Smith, huge dude from Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh, wearing a Chicago hat. Wearing a Chicago hat. Right. Not really a loyal move at all like i i was a child so, so what excuse does will smith what would his team be from philadelphia the 76ers 76ers yeah this he totally abandoned the 76ers yeah he bailed on the 76ers so they don't trust will smith not anymore he nixed the six yeah and they probably those poor guys every single time they play a home game they probably play the stupid west philadelphia born and raised song at every whistle you're so right and he's like rolling his eyes they're all rolling their eyes because they know they don't actually have his support right what a jerk do you think philadelphia trusts will smith i don't think they they have to i wouldn't they don't owe him their trust never trust will smith